0: If you suffer from headaches, you're not alone. One in every six people suffer and more than 8 million Americans visit their doctor for headache related issues each year, 75% of which are women. Of course, women go through more hormonal changes each month and their moods fluctuate, which can cause migraines to the point of many unable to even function, let alone work or be the mother or wife they typically are on a daily basis. We need help, but the side effects from NSAIDs like Advil or other over-the-counter anti-inflammatories sometimes aren't worth it. But did you know that CBD has been shown time and time again, study after study, to be one of the best natural anti-inflammatories available and no prescription is required. Ned is a brand I've been personally consuming for over 2 years and one of their newer products is their brain blend. It not only contains full spectrum hemp, but also botanicals to help support brain function and clarity, such as MCT, ginkgo, bacopa, Siberian ginseng, lion's mane, and lemon essential oil. I took this blend when I had a major headache, and within 30 minutes, it was gone. No joke. So if you need a natural relief from headaches or just want more clarity in your brain to think and focus, I highly recommend Ned's Brain Blend. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off NED products with code digest. Go to helloned.com digest or enter code digest at checkout to get 15% off. Thank you, NED, for sponsoring the show and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Hey guys, welcome back to the Digest This Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Cameron. And today on this week's Bite of Knowledge, which it comes out every Monday, every Monday we come out with a shorter episode and they're called Bites of Knowledge. And every Wednesday we come out with a longer episode that has a guest and we go into an interview and it's just really good conversation. So Mondays and Wednesdays, new episodes, you guys make sure to tune in. So today we're talking about the best and worst foods to consume with IBS. And when talking about the best and worst foods for IBS, that can actually be quite tricky because gut issues are so individualized and what may work for some may not work for others. And the term IBS is also very broad and depending on your symptoms, that can determine which foods are right for you. Now, there are typically three types of IBS IBS D, which is IBS with diarrhea. Most of your bowel movements are watery and loose. Then there's IBS C, which is IBS with constipation. And that obviously means most of your bowel movements are hard and difficult to pass. And the third one, which is not really talked about, is IBS M, which is IBS with mixed bowel habits. These bowel movements, they vary between constipation and diarrhea and can often be on the same day. And sometimes IBS is not clinically diagnosed, but that doesn't mean you don't have it or don't experience gut issues in general. Gut issues most commonly appear between the late teens and early forties and are more common in women. Other risk factors include a family history of IBS, food intolerances, stress, and anxiety, or a history of sexual or physical abuse. I know from today, stress, anxiety, and the foods we eat are the three major factors. You can have a, quote, clean family history of gut issues, but they can be brought on by stress, anxiety, and our diet. Many people who have been dealing with gut issues for a while have probably already done their research into what foods to eat and avoid and probably have at least a small list of, quote, safe foods they go to when experiencing a flare. But- we want to also avoid getting flares in the first place. So today I want to go over an extensive list of helpful and harmful foods for IBS. But before we do, shout out to podcast listener, Time for Me MD, the title of her review, Constipation and Pooping. She rates it five stars and says, I recently discovered this podcast a few weeks ago and I'm obsessed. I've been attempting to work on working on myself from the inside out. And my biggest issue lately has been constipation slash gut issues, and this episode was amazing. Despite my traditional medicine background, I see there is so much more to learn. And Bethany, you've done some amazing research. Coming from an MD, that review means so much to me as every single review does. And I always love reading and they just brighten my day. So if you haven't done so, please take two seconds, pause this episode, give this show a five-star rating and review that really helps boost the show as well and gets it out into more ears and helps it grow. So I really appreciate your support. That is a very free way to help support the show and it takes literally like two seconds. So thanks guys. All right. So triggers for IBS are different for every individual, but eating the right foods for anyone is imperative to help manage symptoms and prevent flare ups. Elimination diets can certainly help identify triggers if you are still unaware of them for your individual body. All that said, many people will notice that avoiding some of the most common IBS foods, such as uncultured dairy products, like milk, cheese, ice cream, and uncultured cottage cheese, as well as alcohol and fried foods, will result in more regular bowel movements, fewer cramps, and less bloating. Now let's talk about fiber for a second. Now, many know that dietary fiber adds bulk to the diet and generally speaking, it does help keep the gut healthy. But there are two types of fiber. There's insoluble and soluble. Most plant foods contain both insoluble and soluble fiber, but some foods are high in one type. Soluble fiber is more concentrated in beans, fruits, oats, and oat-based products. Insoluble fiber is most concentrated in whole grains and vegetables. So which one is better for those with IBS? It's typically the soluble fiber that is a better choice for most people with IBS. And it's been known that insoluble fibers, such as wheat bran, for example, may make IBS-related pain and bloating worse. Now, fiber tolerance is different for different people. Foods rich in insoluble fiber may worsen symptoms in some people, but others with IBS have no issues with these foods. So in addition, some foods high in soluble fiber like beans can cause issues for others. So as you can see already, an IBS eating plan can be highly individualized. Certain fiber-rich foods may not agree with you while others may improve symptoms. So it's always best to experiment. And just because your doctor tells you a blanket statement because that's what the textbook says, you know your body best. I personally feel better on an overall low fiber diet and even tend to, like myself, I even tend to check labels and opt for less fiber intake and I feel my best when I do so. Too much fiber for me can actually stop me up and constipate me. Now let's talk about gluten for a second. Now gluten is a group of proteins found in grains that may cause problems for some people with IBS. Grains containing gluten can include rye, wheat, and barley. Some people's bodies have a serious immune reaction to gluten known as celiac disease. Others may have a gluten intolerance or sensitivity. These conditions share symptoms with diarrhea-predominant IBS. If you have celiac disease, obviously you should avoid gluten altogether. But if you have a gluten intolerance, such as myself, you may still want to avoid gluten to feel your optimum best. The only gluten I typically eat is cultured sourdough bread and organic lavash from time to time. I may have some crisp rye crackers as well, but those seem to like those seem to settle pretty, pretty well with me. But I do generally tend to avoid gluten, not just because of digestion but also due to the fact that glyphosate is literally sprayed on almost all wheat and gluten-containing products, unless it's organic. But even organic have been tested positive for gluten. In fact, I have an entire Bite of Knowledge episode about glyphosate, and in that episode, you can hear all the brands that got tested positive for glyphosate, including a popular gluten-free "Quote better for you brand of oatmeal that was actually certified organic. Just go back and listen to episode 39 and you can get all the details on that. Now, all that to say, if you find that gluten makes your symptoms worse, you may want to try a gluten-free diet. Now, the good news is that more and more gluten-free products are on the market, and if you can't live without pizza, pasta, or bread, you can always substitute them with gluten-free options or Make your own at home, which I typically do. I have tons of recipes on my blog, littlesipper.com, and you can go there and type in the search bar exactly the recipe you are looking for and it will pop up. I also have tons of recipes on my Instagram. Now let's talk about dairy for a second because this can be controversial. Now dairy may cause problems in people with IBS for several reasons. First, many types of dairy are high in fat, which can lead to diarrhea. Switching to a low-fat or non-fat dairy may help reduce your symptoms. Now, I know that full fat is best, yes, but if full fat gives you issues, as I have actually discovered for myself, try a lower fat or fat-free option. Again, I used to preach about full fat and that being the best, but it's okay to change your mind. As I have evolved and discovered what works for me and my body, it's important for you to do the same. As long as the lower fat version doesn't contain gums, thickeners, or vitamin A palmitate, which are often added to reduced fat and fat-free yogurts to help with the texture and vitamin deficiency because the fat is removed. The reason I mention vitamin A palmitate in particular is that it is actually a synthetic form of vitamin A and not the same as vitamin A. I have an entire blog post on my website which talks about how vitamin A palmitate can actually cause birth defects, infertility, and even cancer. Other side effects of vitamin A palmitate include skin irritations, depression, and gastrointestinal issues. Just type in the search bar vitamin A palmitate on my blog to read up on that. Okay, I know I went off on a tangent on vitamin A palmitate here, but let's keep on talking about why dairy may not be the best for some. Now, many people with IBS report that milk triggers their symptoms. It's unclear if people with IBS are more likely to have true lactose intolerance. Now, if you, if you feel dairy or milk products cause you uncomfortable digestive problems, consider switching to dairy alternatives such as nut milks. But some some people may just find relief by taking a lactase enzyme when eating foods that contain dairy. So that could be another option. I personally believe it's not the dairy itself that's causing the issue, but the modern day manufacturing process. Now, this is important. You see, all commercial dairy utilizes high heat and aggressive processing for pasteurization and sterilization. Unfortunately, this changes the structural shape of the proteins and destroys the omega fat molecules, rendering them unrecognizable to the body as a food. This is what triggers the immune system inappropriately, leading to intolerance symptoms like digestive complaints, rashes, and inflammation. That's also why many people sensitive to dairy can still consume armor colostrum, Armor Colostrum's innovative cold chain biopotent technology distills colostrum's 200 plus functional nutrients without the use of high temperatures, guaranteeing the highest bioactive integrity and bioavailability. As a result, Armra is actually anti-inflammatory and often well-tolerated by customers who typically would have to avoid dairy altogether. Colostrum has been clinically shown to help guard against inflammation and everyday toxins and pollutants. There are over 5,000 published studies to date documenting the benefits of colostrum and its ability to optimize health at all stages of life colostrum intake has been linked to fewer respiratory tract and GI infections in children and adults, including recent studies showing it's three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. That's right. You heard me. Colostrum has been clinically shown to be three times more effective than the flu vaccine without any risk of harmful side effects. Now, I can't speak for other colostrum companies, but Armra specifically also only extracts and uses the surplus colostrum from grass-fed, pasture-raised, happy cows that are no longer needing it to supply their young. So you know you are not taking away from animals that need it. Only the surplus colostrum is used and Armra makes sure they are getting only the best from healthy USA cows from family farms. So if you want to rebuild your whole body microbiome and strengthen your immune barriers along the mouth, sinuses, lungs, gut, urinary, and reproductive tract to block unwelcome particles for your strongest immune health, I highly recommend Armora Colostrum. Go to tryarmora.com and use code DIGEST. To receive a special discount for my podcast listeners, that's T R Y A R M R A dot com and use code digest to receive a discount. Again, that's tryarmra and use code digest. Now, fried foods are common in the typical Western diet. However, eating too much or eating them too often can also cause health problems. The high fat content may be especially hard on the digestive system for people with IBS. Frying food can actually change the chemical makeup of the food, making it more difficult to digest. This can lead to uncomfortable digestive symptoms. This is a huge reason I personally stay away from fried foods. Um, Now for a more healthful option, just try grilling, baking, or air frying your favorite foods instead. Now I want to touch on beans and legumes for a second. This is a hot topic for many. Some are pro beans and others are very anti bean. Beans and lentils can be a great source of protein and fiber, but they can also cause IBS symptoms. They contain compounds that are resistant to digestion by intestinal enzymes and are high in lectins, which are anti-nutrients. And while beans can increase bulk in stool to help constipation, they also increase gas, bloating, and cramps. So you may want to try avoiding beans to see if this helps with your IBS symptoms or when eating beans or lentils, preparing them from scratch and soaking them overnight and then rinsing them before cooking can help the body digest them more easily. Best to avoid canned beans if you feel legumes are causing you issues. Now, highly processed foods are another culprit of IBS symptoms, and I feel like I don't need to go into this category too much as many listening already stay clear from these types of foods, but I did want to quickly note them here as they cause loads of digestive issues, mainly because they are in fact highly processed and difficult to digest, as well as not really giving any nutrients. They are also very high in fat, sugar, and iodized salt, which is not sea salt, but the kind of salt we want to avoid. That's the really tiny sea salt um, that probably maybe like our parents grew up with, right? So eating too much of these foods can lead to health problems for anyone, really. Uh, In addition, they often contain additives or preservatives that may trigger IBS flare-ups. There's even a 2019 review found that eating four servings of ultra processed foods per day was linked to a higher risk of developing IBS. So when possible, making meals at home or buying fresh produce is a healthful alternative to buying processed foods, right? I feel like that's a no-brainer. Next culprit is sugar-free sweeteners. Now, sugar-free doesn't mean it's good for your health, especially when it comes to IBS. I talk a lot about this on my Instagram. Even Stevia has gone national with news reports and studies linking it back to several health conditions. I mean, if you've been following me for years, I have an Instagram story highlight dated back in like 2016 of me talking about how Stevia is not good for you and people called me crazy and didn't believe me. Now we are in 2023 and my years of being put down have finally paid off into me being right. I'm just waiting seven more years for all the other things I've claimed to come true and to fr- fr- uh, fruition. So I I won't back down on what I state, you guys. It's all bound to catch up. So all that to say, sugar-free sweeteners are a type of carb that is not digested by the body, which causes gas, bloating, cramping, diarrhea, among other issues you may or may not even notice until years later. Now let's talk about garlic and onions. So garlic and onions, They can provide, definitely they can provide provide flavor in your food, right? I love them, but they contain fructans, which can be difficult for your intestines to break down. This may cause gas and even acid reflux. Painful gas and cramping can result from raw garlic and onions. Even cooked versions of these foods can be triggers for some people with IBS. But if cooked down until the garlic and onions are sweet, more are able to digest them without discomfort. Again, this is all individualized. Cruciferous vegetables are also difficult for the body to digest, which is why they may trigger symptoms in those with IBS. Uh, these kinds of vegetables are, Um, These are like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, and Brussels sprouts. Uh, When your digestive system breaks these foods down, it causes gas and at times even constipation. However, Cooking vegetables typically makes them easier to digest, which is why I always steam my cauliflower before I freeze it for my smoothies. So try steaming your veggies really well before consuming and see if that settles better with you. There is the argument that cooking your vegetables kills the nutrients in food. However, for many, you actually need to cook or lightly steam vegetables to release their nutrient compounds to make them more bioavailable. So we've talked about what to avoid up until now, but what about what to consume? What foods actually are helpful for those with IBS? So for starters, any foods that don't contain carbohydrates. So this can include fish, chicken, and lean beef, eggs, butter, and oils, healthy oils, of course, and even some hard cultured cheeses. If you opt for cheese, always grab goat's or sheep's milk's cheese. These are lower in lactose and are also easier to digest. So all those foods are low in carbohydrates or contain zero carbs at all. This is why I am always posting about low carb options on my Instagram and why people are always bashing me about why I am promoting a low carb diet. We need carbs, like yada, yada, you know, but um, for those that don't have IBS or gut issues, following a higher carb diet may be totally fine. But for those experiencing digestive problems, going low carb may actually be a helpful solution. Remember this, lower carbs can help some, higher carbs may be great for others. So when someone is talking about a certain diet or diet guideline, there's typically a reason for it just beyond weight loss and just to never judge a book by its cover. Now, other healthful foods that you can enjoy that are not low carb but still easier to digest may include cultured dairy products such as yogurt, kefir, and cultured cottage cheese. Some fruits including bananas, blueberries, and pineapple. Also papaya, that's great. Also some vegetables that are steamed or lightly cooked such as carrots, green beans, pumpkin, spinach, squash, zucchini, and sweet potatoes. White rice is also a really good complex carb. I personally love, and it's much easier to digest than brown rice. Just be sure to buy organic rice as this can be a high glyphosate culprit if not organic. Also, there's a trick or I should say recipe I love doing and I'm going to share it right now. So just try mixing half a cup of cooked white rice with one half a cup plain Greek yogurt. Add a little cinnamon and sea salt. It's like rice pudding. So good, you guys. I eat this cold. And also here's another hot tip. So pay attention. Cook your rice, then refrigerate it until it's chilled. Eating chilled rice or any carb like potatoes make these carbs turn into resistant starch. And resistant starch is great for digestion as it's what actually feeds the good bacteria in your gut. So the chemical compounds actually change when complex carbs such as rice and potatoes are cooked then cooled. Now, I hope everything I shared was helpful. And guys, in the end, get to know your body and learn which foods make you feel the best and limit those that cause uncomfortable symptoms. Keeping a food and symptom diary can help you figure out which foods to eat and which ones to avoid. Again, I hope you enjoyed this Monday's Bite of Knowledge. And if you haven't done so, be sure to give this podcast a rating and review. It takes like two seconds. And also remember to follow the show so you never miss an upcoming episode. See you guys on Wednesday for another interview you don't want to miss. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digest This. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let us know. If you're ever wondering how you can support me and this podcast, sharing it with your friends and family is the best way. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McComb. To email the show, message us at digestthispod at gmail.com. See you next time. The content of the show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team first.